0: Welcome to Catholic Light. Join me, Becca Doherty, each week as we shed a little light while keeping the conversation light. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Catholic Light. On last week's episode, we finished up part one of the Catechism, and on today's episode, we begin part two. So recall from our overview at the beginning that there are four parts to the Catechism, and within each part, there are two sections. four parts in each part there are two sections and in each of the four parts the first section is kind of a general discussion of the topic and then the second session uh, discusses the specifics of that particular topic so in part one we covered what was entitled the profession of faith so section one of part one it was entitled I believe we believe and uh, the catechism talks in general about belief And then in section two of part one uh, we went through line by line the catechism goes through line by line um, the Apostles Creed so specifically what we believe now as we enter part two entitled the celebration of the Christian mystery we'll see in section one entitled the sacramental economy we'll talk about sacraments in general and then in section two entitled the seven sacraments of the church We'll go, you could say line by line, um, through each of the seven sacraments. So we'll go into the specifics. The catechism goes into the specifics. I'm claiming this for my own here. Um, The catechism goes specifically into each of the seven sacraments. So we'll discuss each of those as we move along. All right, so here we go. Um, I'd like to focus on, so on the second half of the episode, we'll read paragraphs 1066 through 1090, and I'd like to start with paragraph 1067. It says, The wonderful works of God among the people of the Old Testament were but a prelude to the work of Christ the Lord in redeeming mankind and giving perfect glory to God. He accomplished this work principally by the paschal mystery of his blessed passion, resurrection from the dead, and glorious ascension whereby dying he destroyed our death, rising he restored our life. For it was from the side of Christ as he slept the sleep of death upon the cross that there came forth the wondrous sacrament of the whole church. For this reason, the church celebrates in the liturgy, above all, the paschal mystery by which Christ accomplished the work of salvation. And it's that last line I want to focus on. For this reason, the church celebrates in the the liturgy, above all, The Paschal Mystery, by which Christ accomplished the work of our salvation. Um, I think Paschal Mystery is one of those theological terms that gets thrown around a lot, and like we kind of know what it means, but sometimes it's like, wait, what is the Paschal Mystery? So when I taught it to my students, I referred to it as the PDRA, the Passion, Death, Resurrection, and Ascension of Jesus Christ. So the PDRA, Passion, Death, Resurrection, Ascension of Jesus Christ, is what merited for us our salvation so Christ's passion first he suffers then his death he dies out of love for us um, and in atonement for our sins his resurrection he defeats sin and death rises to new life so Christ who is fully man and takes on our sin but is also fully God and cannot be held down by death defeats death rises to life and then ascends or goes back to join his father in heaven so the pdra or the paschal mystery of jesus christ the catechism begins its discussion of the sacraments by saying that this is what we celebrate in the liturgy this is what we focus on because this is why christ came the second person of the trinity came to suffer die resurrect and ascend um, so as to set us free from sin and death and to open the gates of heaven so we could be with him forever um, again, I think we talked maybe last week or in the last couple episodes, one of the last couple episodes, about referring to the glossary in the back of the catechism. So if, if you have a physical catechism in front of you, even if you don't, you could Google the catechism and um, kind of scroll through the, the glossary on your phone or computer. Um, but in the back of the catechism is a glossary with a lot of um, popular terms. What do I say? Most used terms in, in our Catholic faith. And so it's worth looking up, I think, um, the Paschal Mystery. So let's flip to the back here. Go to P, Paschal Mystery. And we'll see a definition very similar to what I just said. Christ's work, so uh, back of the catechism, Paschal Mystery, it says slash sacrifice. Christ's work of redemption accomplished principally by his passion, death, resurrection, and glorious ascension, whereby dying he destroyed our death, rising he restored our life, You'll see there references, paragraph 1067, which we just read, and then refers to paragraph 654. The Paschal mystery is celebrated and made present in the liturgy of the church, and its saving effects are communicated through the sacraments, especially the Eucharist, which renews the Paschal sacrifice of Christ as the sacrifice offered by the church. So the Paschal sacrifice is celebrated and made present in the liturgy of the church. So it's saving effects are communicated through the sacraments. In other words, all that Christ accomplished through his PDRA um, are communicated to us, are given to us, are there for the taking. So um, God does not force himself upon us. He does not force his grace upon us. But it's like he has this infinite abundance ready and waiting. Um, It's coming to us through the sacraments and we simply need to show up attend participate say yes and then we get that that outpouring of of grace all the saving effects of the paschal mystery while we're in the glossary here i think it's worth um, hopping up one definition uh Pasch slash paschal lamb which says jesus is saving death and its memorial in the eucharist associated with the jewish feast of passover or Pash commemorating the deliverance of the Jewish people from death by the blood of the Lamb, sprinkled on the doorposts in Egypt, which the angel of death saw and quote-unquote passed over. Hence, Jesus is acknowledged in the New Testament as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He is the Paschal Lamb, the symbol of Israel's redemption at the first Passover. The Eucharist celebrates the new Passover in which Jesus passes over to his Father by his death and resurrection, thus anticipating the final Passover of the church in the glory of the kingdom. So recall the Old Testament story from the book of Exodus where Pharaoh has just, um, well not just, Pharaoh over many years has enslaved the Israelites and Yahweh sends 10 plagues or 10 disasters to convince him, to convince Pharaoh, to let his chosen people go. So for example, the water of the Nile turns to blood um frogs overrun the land um there's locusts there's lice there's boils which i think break out on people's skin and maybe even the animal's skin and then the last of the 10 plagues is the death of the firstborn son uh, of everyone in the land so god tells moses to tell the israelites his chosen people to mark above their doors with lamb's blood Um, or to put this mark of lamb's blood above their door so that the angel of death will see that know they're the chosen people and pass over that house Um, so the angel of death visits the land slays the firstborn of every family except firstborn son of every family including pharaoh's son um, but spares the chosen people who have marked their door frame with with lamb's blood so pharaoh you know, seeing that, that God is God, that Yahweh is God, and not wanting to mess with him anymore orders the Israelites to leave. So they, they not only, their sons are spared, um, but they are freed from slavery in Egypt. So today, uh, the Jewish people continue to celebrate the, Pas- the Passover, thanking God for sparing them and for setting them free. So fast forward then to the New Testament. Jesus now is the Lamb of God slain for us and we are saved by his blood from eternal death so not just the angel of death but eternal death like the suffering and death of the lamb in the old testament led to the freedom of the israelites it's the suffering and death of the lamb of god or jesus christ that leads to the freedom now of all peoples so it's this paschal mystery the suffering death eventually resurrection and ascension of the Lamb of God, of Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, who passes over death and into life with the Father um, and paves the way for the church to do the same, for each of us to do the same. This is what's celebrated in the liturgy, so the seven sacraments, and especially in the Eucharist. It's in the Eucharist um, that this Paschal mystery is especially represented. So not represented as though the Eucharist is is a symbol, but it's represented or brought before us again and again and again, this is what happened. This is what God has done for us. This is how much God loves us. Um, God who is outside of time and space did this, uh, undertook this uh, suffering, death, and then resurrection and ascension once and for all. So it's not like, Christ dies again and again and again every time that the Eucharist is celebrated. Um, but in the Eucharist, it's re-presented. So it's presented before us again and again. And we have this opportunity again and again and again to tap into this glorious event that happened once and for all and to receive all the graces that come from it. So... Um, I don't know why. I kind of imagine it like this, this big uh, bubble or maybe balloon filled with liquid. And every time we go to the sacrament, it's like we're, we're poking a straw into this balloon filled with liquid and then sucking out what's inside. Um, but that balloon, that liquid is infinite and we can go as many times as we want back to it to receive, receive, receive the grace that that heals us, that strengthens us, that purifies us, that emboldens us, um, and that ultimately draws us close to God and draws us into, as the first paragraph of the catechism says, that blessed life, that happy life that he has for each and every one of us. We could say the seven sacraments are like the seven straws that, that we can put into that uh, balloon filled with liquid aka inexhaustible grease my husband dan recently got a new job where um, he works for a company that produces uh, laser machines so for much of his career he's worked uh, for companies that produce machines and then he has either worked on the machines or managed people who work on the machines and previously these machines on which he worked um you know would test for flu or MRSA eventually COVID and now the machines um of his company, um, do a lot of dermatological work. So, uh, hospitals, labs, clinics will buy these laser machines to, um, you know, get rid of birthmarks, um, or do tattoo removal or, um, a lot of like aesthetic work, like wrinkle removal. So as Dan was telling, you know, family and friends about his new job and, and what these machines do, a handful of people turned to me and were like, oh, that's amazing so like if you ever want to get your wrinkles removed you could probably get a discount through dan (laughs) which inside i was like first of all are you saying i have wrinkles and uh, secondly are you saying i need to remove them (laughs) but once i got past that um of course being the catholic nerd that i am i started equating this to our discussion of the sacraments thinking um not only can we tap into something even better than um You know machine that removes wrinkles or uh, tattoos or birthmarks Uh, we can tap into something that cleanses our soul purifies our life uh, again strengthens and emboldens us and ultimately makes us happy Um, and we can do that as many times as we want as many times a week as many times as we want throughout our life and not only do we get a discount but we get it for free so this, this Paschal mystery that the second person of the Trinity uh, underwent for us, uh, his passion, this incredible suffering, his death, the ultimate sacrifice, and then his resurrection and ascension merited for us uh, an infinite abundance of graces. And through the seven sacraments, we can tap into that, again, as much as we want for the rest of our lives. So that we can be happy not just one day in heaven but even now why because god who is goodness itself shares that goodness with each and every one of us um, and wants us to partake in his own blessed life so we'll take a brief break now and then on the second side start part two of the catechism thanks for sticking with me <music> You are listening to Catholic Light. Thank you for joining me each week as we read through the Catechism of the Catholic Church and discuss some of its beautiful teachings. Hi, and welcome back. We'll now read paragraphs 1066 through 1090. Part 2, the celebration of the Christian mystery. Why the liturgy? In the symbol of the faith the Church confesses the mystery of the Holy Trinity and of the plan of God's good pleasure for all creation. The Father accomplishes the mystery of His will by giving His beloved Son and His Holy Spirit for the salvation of the world and for the glory of His name. Such is the mystery of Christ, revealed and fulfilled in history according to the wisely ordered plan that St. Paul calls the plan of the mystery and the patristic tradition will call the economy of the word incarnate, or the economy of salvation. The wonderful works of God among the people of the Old Testament were but a prelude to the work of Christ the Lord in redeeming mankind and giving perfect glory to God. He accomplished this work principally by the paschal mystery of his blessed passion, resurrection from the dead, and glorious ascension. Whereby dying he destroyed our death, rising he restored our life. For it was from the side of Christ as he slept the sleep of death upon the cross that there came forth the wondrous sacrament of the whole church. For this reason, the church celebrates in the liturgy, above all, the paschal mystery by which Christ accomplished the work of our salvation. It is this mystery of Christ that the church proclaims and celebrates in her liturgy so that the faithful may live from it and bear witness to it in the world. For it is in the liturgy, especially in the divine sacrifice of the Eucharist, That the work of our redemption is accomplished, and it is through the liturgy especially that the faithful are enabled to express in their lives and manifest to others the mystery of Christ and the real nature of the true church. What does the word liturgy mean? The word liturgy originally meant a public work, or a service in the name of, on behalf of the people. In Christian tradition, it means the participation of the people of God in the work of God. Through the liturgy of Christ, our Redeemer and High Priest, continues the work of our redemption in, with, and through His Church. In the New Testament, the word liturgy refers not only to the celebration of divine worship, but also to the proclamation of the gospel and to active charity. In all of these situations, it is a question of the service of God and neighbor. In a liturgical celebration, the Church is servant in the image of her Lord, the one Leoturbos. She shares in Christ's priesthood, worship, which is both prophetic, proclamation, and kingly, service of charity. The liturgy, then, is rightly seen as an exercise of the priestly office of Jesus Christ. It involves the presentation of man's sanctification under the guise of signs perceptible by the senses and its accomplishment in ways appropriate to each of these signs. In it, full public worship is performed by the mystical body of Jesus Christ that is, by the head of his members. From this, it follows that every liturgical celebration, because it is an action of Christ the priest and of his body, which is the church, is a sacred action surpassing all others. No other action of the church can equal its efficacy by the same title and to the same degree. Liturgy as source of life. As the work of Christ, liturgy is also an action of his church. It makes the church present and manifests her as the visible sign of the communion in Christ between God and men. It engages the faithful in the new life of the community and involves the conscious, active, and fruitful participation of everyone. The sacred liturgy does not exhaust the entire activity of the church. It must be preceded by evangelization, faith, and conversion. It can then produce its fruits in the lives of the faithful. New life in the Spirit... Involvement in the mission of the church and service to her unity. Prayer and Liturgy The liturgy is also a participation in Christ's own prayer addressed to the Father in the Holy Spirit. In the liturgy, all Christian prayer finds its source and goal. Through the liturgy, the inner man is rooted and grounded in the great love with which the Father loved us in his beloved Son. It is the same marvelous work of God that is lived and internalized by all prayer, at all times in the Spirit. Catechesis and Liturgy The liturgy is the summit toward which the activity of the Church is directed. It is also the font from which all her power flows. It is therefore the privileged place for catechizing the people of God. Catechesis is intrinsically linked with the whole of liturgical and sacramental activity, for it is in the sacraments, especially in the Eucharist, that Christ Jesus works in fullness for the transformation of men. Liturgical catechesis aims to initiate people into the mystery of Christ. It is mystagogy. By proceeding from the visible to the invisible, from the sign to the thing signified, from the sacraments to the mysteries. Such catechesis is to be presented by local and regional catechisms. This catechism, which aims to serve the whole Church in all the diversity of her rites and cultures, will present what is fundamental and common to the whole Church in the liturgy as mystery and as celebration, section 1, and then the seven sacraments and the sacramentals, section 2. Section 1. The Sacramental Economy The Church was made manifest to the world on the day of Pentecost by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Spirit ushers in a new era in the dispensation of the mystery, the age of the Church, during which Christ manifests, makes present, and communicates his work of salvation through the liturgy of his church, until he comes. In this age of the church, Christ now lives and acts in and with his church, in a new way appropriate to this new age. He acts through the sacraments in what the common tradition of the East and the West calls the sacramental economy. This is the communication, or dispensation, of the fruits of Christ's paschal mystery in the celebration of the church's sacramental liturgy. It is therefore important first to explain the Sacramental Dispensation, Chapter 1. The nature and essential features of liturgical celebration will then appear more clearly, Chapter 2. Chapter 1. The Paschal Mystery in the Age of the Church. Article 1. The Liturgy, Work of the Holy Trinity. The Father, Source and Goal of the Liturgy. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him he destined us before him in love to be his sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved blessing is a divine and life-giving action the source of which is the father His blessing is both word and gift. When applied to man, the word blessing means adoration and surrender to his creator and thanksgiving. From the beginning until the end of time, the whole of God's work is a blessing. From the liturgical poem of the first creation to the canicles of the heavenly Jerusalem, the inspired authors proclaim the plan of salvation as one vast divine blessing. From the very beginning, God blessed all living beings, especially man and woman. The covenant with Noah and with all living things renewed this blessing of fruitfulness, despite man's sin, which had brought a curse on the ground. But with Abraham, the divine blessing entered into human history, which was moving toward death, to redirect it toward life, towards its source. By the faith of the father of all believers who embraced the blessing, the history of salvation is inaugurated. The divine blessings were made manifest in astonishing and saving events. The birth of Isaac, the escape from Egypt, Passover, and Exodus, the gift of the promised land, the election of David, the presence of God in the temple, the purifying exile, and return of a small remnant. The law, the prophets, and the Psalms, interwoven in the liturgy of the chosen people, recall these divine blessings and at the same time respond to them with blessings of praise and thanksgiving. In the Church's liturgy, the divine blessing is fully revealed and communicated. The Father is acknowledged and adored as the source and the end of all the blessings of creation and salvation. In His Word, who became incarnate, died, and rose for us, He fills us with His blessings. Through His Word, He pours into our hearts the gifts that contains all gifts, the Holy Spirit. The dual dimension of the Christian liturgy as a response of faith and love to the spiritual blessings the Father bestows on us is thus evident. On the one hand, the Church, united with her Lord, and in the Holy Spirit blesses the Father for his inexpressible gift in her adoration, praise, and thanksgiving. On the other hand, until the consummation of God's plan, the Church never ceases to present to the Father the offering of his own gifts and to beg him to send the Holy Spirit upon that offering, upon herself, upon the faithful, and upon the whole world, so that through communion in the death and resurrection of Christ the priest, and by the power of the Spirit, These divine blessings will bring forth the fruits of life to the praise of his glorious grace. Christ's work in the liturgy. Christ glorified. Seated at the right hand of the Father and pouring out the Holy Spirit on his body, which is the church, Christ now acts through the sacraments he instituted to communicate his grace. The sacraments are perceptible signs, words, and actions accessible to our human nature. By the action of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, they make present efficaciously the grace that they signify. In the liturgy of the church, it is principally his own Paschal mystery that Christ signifies and makes present. During his earthly life, Jesus announced his Paschal mystery by his teaching and anticipated it by his actions. When his hour comes, he lives out the unique event of history which does not pass away. Jesus dies, is buried, rises from the dead, and is seated at the right hand of the Father once for all. His Paschal Mystery is a real event that occurred in our history, but it is unique. All other historical events happen once, and then they pass away, swallowed up in the past. The Paschal Mystery of Christ, by contrast, cannot remain only in the past, because by his death he destroyed death, and all that Christ is, all that he did and suffered for all men, participates in the divine eternity, and so transcends all times while being made present in them all. The event of the cross and resurrection abides and draws everything toward life. From the time of the Church of the Apostles. Accordingly, just as Christ was sent by the Father, so also he sent the apostles, filled with the Holy Spirit. This he did so that he might preach the gospel to every creature and proclaim that the Son of God, by his death and resurrection, had freed us from the power of Satan and from death and brought us into the kingdom of his Father but he also willed that the work of salvation which they preached should be set and trained through the sacrifice and sacraments, around which the entire liturgical life revolves. Thus the risen Christ, by giving the Holy Spirit to the apostles, entrusted to them his power of sanctifying. They became sacramental signs of Christ. By the power of the same Holy Spirit, they entrusted this power to their successors. This apostolic succession structures the whole liturgical life of the Church, and is itself sacramental, handed on by the Sacrament of Holy Orders, is present in the earthly liturgy. To accomplish so great a work, the dispensation or communication of his work of salvation, Christ is always present in his Church, especially in her liturgical celebrations. He is present in the sacrifice of the Mass, not only in the person of his minister, the same now offering through the ministry of priests, who formerly offered himself on the cross, but especially in the Eucharistic species. By his power, he is present in the sacraments so that when anybody baptizes, it is really Christ himself who baptizes. He is present in his word since it is he himself who speaks when the holy scriptures are read in the church. Lastly, he is present when the church prays and sings. For he has promised where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Christ indeed always associates the church with himself in this great work in which God is perfectly glorified and men are sanctified. The church is his beloved bride who calls to her Lord and through him offers worship to the Eternal Father, which participates in the liturgy of heaven. In the earthly earthly liturgy, we share in a foretaste of that heavenly liturgy, which is celebrated in the holy city of Jerusalem, toward which we journey as pilgrims, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle. With all the warriors of the heavenly army, we sing a hymn of glory to the Lord. Venerating the memory of the saints, we hope for some part and fellowship with them. We eagerly await the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, until he, our life, shall appear, and we too will appear with him in glory. This brings us to the end of our reading selection of the Catechism for this week. Thanks again for joining me. Between this week and next week's episode, please connect with me on Instagram at Catholic Light Podcast, and please pray for me. I'll be praying for you, and in the meantime, God bless you. Thanks for joining me this week on Catholic Light. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your family and your friends, and connect with me through Facebook and Instagram. I'll see you next week, and in the meantime, God bless you.